The Taiwan Palau travel bubble launched on Thursday with the departure of 123 people at 2.30 p.m. from Taoyuan. One of those passengers was the president of Palau, who is heading home after a five-day visit to Taiwan. Most of the passengers were tourists, the very first group tourists to leave Taiwan in more than a year. Health Minister Chen Zizong was at the airport to send them off. In our arrangements, we had provisions in case any of the passengers tested COVID positive to deal with the incident in the least intrusive way possible. Fortunately, none of that was needed. After this first tour group lands in Palau, they'll have to stick to the group as much as possible and avoid contact with non-designated people. That will be an act of respect for the locals. We wouldn't want to bring any danger to this safe country. So we will continue to keep the safety measures in place. So the Taiwanese citizens visiting Palau can feel safe, the Palau people can feel, feel safe, and we can all have fun, and they can all return smiling. The Tourism Bureau confirmed Thursday that Guam has reached out over establishing a travel bubble with Taiwan. Transport Minister Lin Jialong said talks are still in the very early stages and that no formal documentation has been exchanged. The head of the KMT says his party has revised its approach to the so-called 1992 consensus by grounding it more firmly in the ROC constitution. The new version, called the 1992 Consensus Plus, was light on details but still triggered a swift rebuke from Beijing. At a book promotion event, KMT Chairman Johnny Chang touted his update to the 1992 consensus called the 1992 Consensus Plus, but the KMT's fresh formulation got the cold shoulder from Beijing. The core principle of the 1992 consensus is that both sides of the Taiwan Strait belong to one China and will work together in pursuit of national unification. The consensus cannot be obscured or changed at any point. In the wake of China's rebuff, reporters sought out Eric Chu for comment. Chu, who's seen as a frontrunner for the KMT's next chairman, said differences were inevitable. Our position is that there is one China and that China is the Republic of China. We abide by the ROC constitution and the members of our party abide by the KMT charter when engaging in cross-strait exchanges. It is inevitable that there will be differences in our positions, but we abide by the rules of mutual respect. One China means that mainland China and Taiwan are part of one China. The 1992 consensus embodies the historical and legal fact that both sides of the strait belong to one China. What is the 1992 consensus? It's still a he said, she said between the KMT and Beijing. Reporters asked how the KMT plans to engage China in dialogue and exchanges without the benefit of common ground. The 1992 consensus has always been a consensus without a consensus. They talk up their version and we talk up ours. That is the 1992 consensus. The 1992 consensus is a passcode that enables cross-strait interaction. You just say 1992 consensus. And what is that? We say it's the Republic of China and they give their own definition and we don't necessarily have to agree. They have theirs and we have ours. And that is the 1992 consensus. Very regrettably, the KMT has never been able to escape the curse of the ring that is the 1992 consensus, the curse of the 1992 consensus. The KMT just keeps moving in circles, so of course it is an easy target for Beijing, which uses the policy to back the party into a corner. The KMT is a monkey 
king who will never escape the palm of the CCP's Buddha. The DPP lawmaker said that so long as Beijing insists on its One China principle, redefining the KMT's 1992 consensus is a pointless exercise. The Taichung city government held a drill on Thursday ahead of sweeping water cuts that will take effect next week. Starting Tuesday, water will be cut off two days a week on a rotating basis in Taichung as well as Miaoli. Taichung has set up some 300 stations where locals can store up for waterless days. It's scorching hot and tempers are flaring. Locals stew as they wait in a long line for water. At long last, it's almost her turn at the pump. But wait, he's cutting in line. When confronted, he has the audacity to claim he's in the right. The borough warden tries to mediate to no avail. The line cutter proclaims, call the police if you dare. In no time at all, an officer is at the scene. It's all a drill for water cuts that start next Tuesday in Taichung. Ahead of the big day, the Xitun district office held an event at a local temple to prepare locals for all possible contingencies. There are more than 300 locations where locals can fill up on potable water. From the public announcements and water collection process to the warnings that will be issued by water stations that are running dry, everything is rehearsed to the last detail. We hope everyone will conserve water. Secondly, we hope that during this period everyone will be able to store water away for future use. Drink shop operators say bubble teas may not always be available during water rationing. Because the boiling and cooling of the tapioca pearls require a lot of water and ice. We'll offer it on a limited supply only at certain times that will depend on the shop. At this shop, a sign informs customers that only eight types of drinks will be available on days with no running water. Tapioca pearls, which require copious water to prepare, will only be available at two fixed times in the afternoon and evening. Everyone is doing their little bit to weather the drought. Even social welfare institutions are conducting drills to be ready. The little hands rub together. Before snack time, the children at this nursery now wash their hands with disinfectant instead of water. We used napkins before, but now, to conserve water, we give them wet wipes. Each little cube contains a wet wipe for children to wipe their mouths and hands with after eating. Bowls and cutlery get a basic scrub before a proper wash back home. This social services building houses a long-term care center and a nursery, among other agencies. Every day, around 300 people come into the building, using up seven tons of water. Here, conservation is critical. We had already been preparing for this. We have 11 210-liter barrels for water storage. Therefore, used as a last resort, in case there really isn't enough water. They are for emergencies. It's man versus drought, and the battle is on. From the public sector to private, it's all hands on deck as locals brace for water rationing. Now staying on the drought at Nanto Sun Moon Lake, the water levels are so low that two of its four piers were closed off Thursday for public safety. Authorities say the piers will stay closed indefinitely. 
A third pier, the Eater Tower, was closed off so that it could be fitted with float extensions and be made usable. The Eater Tower pier is expected to reopen on Friday. Forecasters expect below-average rainfall in the month of April. Relief is unlikely to come before the middle of May with the arrival of plum rains. The Taiwan Railways Administration's EMU 900 commuter trains will be ready for formal service as early as Sunday. President Tsai Ing-wen was among the first to experience the trains on Thursday. Joined by about 200 other passengers, she rode from New Taipei to Geelong to host the train's inauguration ceremony. Be it for short trips and commuting or for long-distance out-of-town travel, the Taiwan Railways Administration will have a new generation of trains with which to enhance capacity, safety and the passenger experience. The forward-looking infrastructure development program includes 190 billion NT in funding for railway infrastructure. This is just one project that's been accomplished. There's still a lot to do. The tasks for the minister Lin Jialong can be summed in two sentences. Have tickets to sell and seats to sit on. Make it safe and punctual. That is all. The EMU 900 is touted by the TRA as its most beautiful local train. Its body features lights in the shape of a smile and a green stripe from front to back. Inside, there are designated seating areas for pregnant women, vertical bike racks and LED lights that automatically adjust based on the environment. The government plans to roll out 52 such trains within the next two years to replace older models. The EMU 900 will start running its regular routes as soon as Sunday. The government wants to renew its tax rebate program for buying household appliances. The program, which expires this summer, grants 2,000 NT off the commodity tax of an energy-efficient fridge, air conditioner or dehumidifier. The executive yuan has passed a draft amendment to extend the subsidy for two years to June 2023. Summer is almost here and temperatures are soaring. At this appliance store, the aircon department is making bank. According to Taiwan's leading appliance retailer, household appliance sales grew in 2020 amid the pandemic. The retailer sold 20% more air conditioners and fridges and four to five times more air purifiers than in 2019. With people spending more time at home, sales of small kitchen appliances grew 30% and sales of televisions and audio equipment went up by 15%. Last year, due to the pandemic, air purifiers, dehumidifiers and washing machines all sold very well. Total sales were the best in nearly 10 years. They were about 20% higher. Sales were high partly due to the pandemic. They were also fueled by government subsidies for energy-saving appliances. Launched in 2019, these are subsidies of up to 2,000 NT for replacing old fridges, air conditioners, heaters and dehumidifiers with new greener ones. The scheme was set to end in June this year, but the executive yuan wants to extend it to 2023. The budget will need to be approved by the legislative yuan. In Taiwan, there are currently around 5 to 6 million fridges with fixed-speed drives and 7 million air conditioners with fixed-speed drives. This government policy is extremely good for reducing energy consumption. Extending it by two years could translate to sales growth of 20 or 30 percent this year.
The subsidy extension could mean big money and energy savings, benefiting consumers and businesses too, as they rake in revenue from appliance sales. It's Children's Day and families nationwide are heading out for a four-day long weekend. Shinsu County government is offering a plethora of family activities to keep everyone happy. From outdoor sports to Lego at the City Hall, there's something for everyone. Shinzu Mayor Lin Zhijian jokes with a high-wire operator. You did hook me up, right, didn't you? Keeping his sense of humor despite his nerves, he takes the leap. Go! How? Bye-bye! Lin yells with delight and declares the wire a blast. It's Children's Day and Shinzu is offering a children's art festival. Six leisure facilities are opening for family fun throughout the holiday. Come down to Shinju for the Children's Day holiday. In the morning, head for the Wind Sports Center, then spend the afternoon playing with Lego at the Shinju City Government Building. If that's not enough, there's a Lego exhibition with plenty of bricks to get to grips with. Of course, any trip to Shinju is incomplete without a bowl of pork balls. And this Lego master created a giant version of the famous dish. Nearby, it's a super high-resolution recreation of Shinju City Hall. It's an Instagram paradise. The City Hall foyer is transformed into a Lego cinema with a series of free films on show. We didn't want to just do the city hall, but all the pork ball soup and some related accessories to tell all of Taiwan that Shinju has the best pork balls. In the evening, there's even a light show with a 360-degree projection on the building, a first for Taiwan. Nearby, a local market rounds off the excitement. With all this much packed into the four days of the holiday, Shinju is the place to be. After 21 years, the Weichuan Dragons baseball team is alive once more. The classic CPBL team had been disbanded to fans' dismay in 1999. Now, after years of talks, the team is back in the game and this week celebrated its first matches in two decades. Thousands of diehard Dragons fans turned up to watch the new roster take to the pitch. A sea of red chance to warm up their team for the match. But Dragons fans have waited for this game for 21 years. I'm just so happy. I became a Dragons fan in the second year of the CPBL, all the way until they disbanded nine years later. We will always be Dragons fans. The jury's still out on whether the Dragons are the same team as ever or a new organism. But what's not changed is the ardor of the fans. I'm so happy. Today I came specially for the first match on home ground. I've had this hat for 20 odd years. After loving a team so much, after they disbanded, it was really hard for me to fall in love with another. Now they're back, I feel those butterflies in my heart. This die-hard fan brought these cartoons of the players all the way from Zhanghua to Taipei. Fans hope the new roster will keep the spirit of the old team alive. All the new Dragons players are just kids. I'm a dad now. It feels a bit like watching my kids grow up. They used to have some great traditions. I hope the new team can resurrect those. I know some Dragons fans are still waiting to check the new team out, of course. I hope they'll see how hard the young players work and how serious they are about it. The Dragons Stadium in Tianmu held three games in its opening week, and tickets sold like hotcakes, 
with almost 6,800 fans crowding the bleachers. Never before has a new roster of players inherited such a faithful and passionate community of fans. Taiwan's 60 billion NT bakery industry just keeps growing. Recently, one of Taiwan's biggest supermarkets partnered with a Japanese bread maker to produce a range of locally manufactured bakery items. Copying Japanese industrial methods, they emerged stronger than ever through 2020. Pineapple buns fresh out of the oven, that distinctive crust on a fluffy base. All the many types of bread here are made with manufacturing techniques from Japan. Right now, I'm in the store's factory in Yangmei, Taoyuan. In 2016, they partnered with a Japanese bakery brand. Everything from the ingredients to the equipment is a direct import. Here, matcha bread dough is kneaded and then pressed into strips, poured with fillings and cut up. It has to be frozen for at least 20 minutes and then bulbed. Then it's quality control checks. The frozen dough balls go through an x-ray machine, a metal detector, and a weight test. All this to make sure they're safe and healthy to eat. Right now, we have two production lines working, and they produce about 10,000 frozen buns an hour on average. We can produce up to 250,000 a day. And all this is just the preamble. The buns have to be fermented twice, molded and decorated, and finally baked. Then they're sent to retailers to be sold. Importing the dough from Japan is quite expensive, perhaps costing more than the price of the bun. By producing them all in Taiwan, we've reduced production costs by 30%. They're also fresher because they're made locally. Because of the pandemic, last year people's food consumption at home went up. It's getting more common, for example, to see mom and dad buy bread one day, bring it home, and eat it for breakfast at home the next day before leaving the house. Last year, our bread sales grew, counter to market trends. Retailers are increasing their space for bread products. Along with changing consumer habits, that meant this store sold 24 million buns last year from just a two-ping store window. They also hit on the winning recipe for bakery sales, frozen sweets and freshly baked bread, plus a famous brand name. Revenue was 4.3 billion NT last year. They hope to launch a mobile bakery van to keep expanding. In the past, our fresh bakery sales represented less than 1% of our store revenue. But we realized that in Japan, it could be up to 5%. So there was a lot of space for us to grow, especially as we often say bread is a high-frequency purchase, that is, something you need every day. There's a phenomenon we call the leading chicken. We're going to have joint deals for bakery and coffee and discounts for buying four bakery products and so on, all different ways, as well as partnerships with big name brands to make appeals to the consumer. Taiwan's bakery industry is worth 60 billion NT annually, but if these trends continue, that figure could keep going up.